Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Meme stock madness. AMC edition. Look at this chart. AMC today surged more than 90% in the single session to $63 a share. The move so dramatic, the New York Stock Exchange halted trading several times. And when you look at the year so far, the rise is even more dramatic. Though the movie theater chain, in this case, up 3,000%. You know why? Because wouldn't it be funny if movie theater stock went way up? Wouldn't that uh, be funny? Pardon me? And that's why it's going up. It's all about the apes, my friends. The apes. A well-organized bunch of retail investors that were catered to by the guy who owns AMC and kind of understands the meme economy. He catered to the apes. Um, and if the apes get on board on Reddit or whatever, uh, wherever they're communicating at the time, if the apes get on board there with your stock. apes on Reddit? I think that's our lead. <laughs> I'll explain that in a second. If the, that's the story. Good Lord. The, the, the jungle is now wielding computers. If the apes think, you know what would be funny is to make Blackberry stock go way up, which it did, or Bed Bath & Beyond stock go <laughs> way up, which it did. If or, you want a soap dish, where are you going to go? <laughs> or like they did AMC. So the apes, why do they call them the apes? It's a reference to the line from the movie Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a line in the movie, Apes Strong Together. Mm. So they call themselves <laughs> the Apes. Yep. I've seen it multiple times. Oh, I love the, the first one where the old Caesar the Ape becomes super intelligent. Pretty boring. But the, when they start to shooting and warring, and then, and, and, oh, that's so good. Is it something my kids could watch, or is it too. Is there mm. sex and violence? Not sex. I'm, I'm tra- there's plenty of violence. No monkey sex. Eh, probably hold off for a couple of years. Okay. Kind of scary. Uh, the apes have boosted the AMC stock far above a level that could possibly just be justified by financial fundamentals, but that's not what's going on there. Uh, partially not what's going on. And uh, the, the, all the companies you mentioned uh, as, you know, wouldn't it be funny if these went up and the same thing that existed with GameStop, the thing that they all have in common is these companies are heavily shorted. By institutional right, investors, right, right, right. so They're a lot of this, and yeah, a lot of this is is trying to force the hand of short sellers, and and wouldn't that be funny? Is kind of the sure the the, the play there, as opposed to individual companies being uh, ha ha or not. Yeah, that's uh, that's the, an excellent point. I'm glad you made it because that's yeah, what it's drove bullying the, whole, the bullies. That's yeah. what drove the whole uh, GameStop thing. And uh, AMC is embracing... You use a short ladder attack to force a gamma squeeze by the institutional investors. I'm all for it. I'm glad the apes did that. AMC is embracing the meme stock status with free popcorn. (laughs) I sold all but one of my shares of AMC because I want that popcorn. (laughs) How do you get the popcorn? Uh, As the CEO is trying to cater to this, he has made a investor's kind of reward program thing that he has not yet launched. But if you are a shareholder, you can go to early screenings. You can get a free popcorn. You can. Ah. He he is catering to the retail investors. And I think that in particular is something very interesting that other companies might start doing going forward. That's either simply a dividend or it's a serious FEC violation. He'll be going to Leavenworth. (laughs) Interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. FEC is that what I mean? SEC, SEC, right? FEC yeah. is the Federal Elections Committee. Yeah, it's, it's a, probably not the similar, commission. Similar sort of whatever. Do nothing. Whatever. Circus. Yeah. Um, but so the meme economy thing, just the trying to figure out 
who's trying to screw who or who thinks it'd be funny if this happened. And you got to get on the right message boards. Uh, really, that's what it's all about. Right. And um, but the money's real, obviously, if you if you got in. we Well, I had a text about that. Um, if you get in at the right time and out at the right time, the money is completely as real as if you, you know, invested in IBM in the 50s. Sure. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, Let me find this real quick. Um, Somebody who decided that they would get in. I bought AMC during the pandemic at $2.26 a share. Buy the dip! Buy the dip! What was it yesterday? (laughs) Uh, It it broached 70 at one point. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that was people just thinking... Well, movies will come back. I mean, when the pandemic's over, people will I'll go back to movies again. This stock will double. No, it's 30 times higher. <laughs> what else is still down? Cruise lines? Probably. Oh, speaking of cruises, just a private message to Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Ron, don't try so hard. You're fine. Just keep governing. You don't have to garner the headline every day on OAN, all right, or, or, or Breitbart or whatever. His his whole forbidding cruise lines from having uh, vaccine proof for their customers, with call it a passport, call it whatever you want. I said, that's no, 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 no. That's meddling with their right to run their business as they see fit. There's nobody's human rights being violated. If they want you to have a vaccine to get on their cruise ship, they have that right. I, I understand you're trying to virtue signal uh, not being paranoid of the vid, but it's it's as dumb as the people who wear their mask outdoors to the park to show that they hate Trump. I mean, it's just, it's just let the cruise lines run their business the way they see fit. It's called liberty. We got a text that says it's a two-word review. Uh, you suck. It's been a long time since we got just a flat-out you suck. I can almost respect the economy of it. I mean, because if, if you are that full of, of uh, contempt and venom, you'd think you'd want to you know, lay it on a little thicker. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of like a warm blanket. Uh, it makes me well, feel it's, it's like cult- a classic. It's like hearing a Beatles record. You know, it's just <laughs> old and familiar. Exactly. Hey, uh, you know what's old and familiar? The feeling of being secure, getting tucked into bed or being with the family, whatever. And, and Simply Safe Home Security has the tech thing. I mean, they absolutely are a great home security company, but it's the people that really make the difference at Simply Safe. The thing is, Simply Safe just makes it so easy. It takes about two minutes to customize the system on their website. It's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, and whether it's fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, a burst pipe, even a problem with your setting up the system, Simply Safe has a person, people with the expertise you need ready to help you 24-7. Take a look at the website. Uh, you can customize your system. It doesn't take long at all. And you get a free security camera by using our code. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, customize that system, get that camera. You get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. This is the home security system or your shop or your band's rehearsal hall or whatever that's winning all those awards. It's less expensive. It's simpler. It's great. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. We were talking about ransomware earlier in the program as that big meat company got hit, kind of like that pipeline did. And actually, hundreds and hundreds of companies across the country have been hit. Uh, there'll be there'll be many more today, just most of them you don't hear about. They pay off the ransom, get control of their uh, computers back, and it just never makes the news. 
And the amount of ransom paid about tripled between 2019 and 2020, and it's, that trend is supposed to continue. It could be exponential growth. We got this text. Ransomware is parallels to state-sponsored piracy of the past. Pay third parties to disrupt your enemies. Yeah, back in the old right. days, you know, the Spanish, the, the, the British, the whoever, they didn't mind if pirates were attacking their enemies. And they would either support them or certainly allow them, uh, you know, f- feel free to sail through our waters and go over there and and uh, and steal things from the Spaniards. We're fine with that. Right. Yeah. Axios, we mentioned this earlier, did a great explainer on it. The original backers of this stuff, like they're venture capitalists, really, are governments looking to screw with their enemies. Think Putin. Think uh, China. Think North Korea. And so they finance these third-party hacking groups. Hacking. Who, hackers. Who uh, function as entrepreneurs or startups, if you will. And they rip people off, you know, in, in the places that the, the big daddy tells them to. And uh, and then they produce these technical platforms that you can buy so you can do your own ransomware attacks. If investing in meteoric theater stocks gets boring, I guess you can move into uh, ransomware and you just buy the software. I mean, it's like buying Office 365 or whatever. You don't need to be a hacker. You just need to you know your name and your password. You sign on and start launching ransomware attacks. So... Uh, how we stop this, we put pressure on Putin and say, look, you have control of these people. Nobody does anything in your country if you don't want them to. Um, knock it off where we do this. I mean, we've, it's got to be something like that, right? Well, yeah, because, and and I guess I've been kind of weak on this. Uh, weak on defense. Joe Getty is soft on communism. Uh, I hadn't realized what a fundamental role the hostile governments play in this, that they get these startups financed and organized, and then they turn them loose, and they say, hey, screw it, the U.S., but make as much money as you can. One of the keys, though, is, is don't go after a target big enough it's going to bring the heat down, which is what that uh, that one group did by uh, attacking the Colonial Pipeline, the dark side group, and they had to head for the hills and disband. They shot too big, aimed too high. Mm, interesting. Flew too close to the sun. Uh, you tease something really good. Oh, yeah, the homeless thing. Man, if you haven't heard how much money San Francisco is going to throw at the homeless problem, oh, my God. Yep, blue states, blue cities are going to hurl billions of dollars at quote-unquote the homeless problem while having little understanding of the reality of it. We'll bring you that reality next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Who's got a calculator? What's 1.3 billion divided by 17,000? 140. So they're. <laughs> because they're going to spend 1.3 billion dollars to fight the homeless situation in San Francisco, and the highest number that activists use is 17,000. The most recent city count was about 8,000. That seems like an awful lot of money to throw at 8,000 homeless people. I mean, there are too many homeless people. It's miserable to walk around San Francisco. Anybody who's done it knows there are way too many homeless people. But $1.3 billion? What's the math come out on that? Los Angeles is committed to spending over a billion dollars on the homeless situation in L.A. as well. Just a quick show of hands, a little uh, mini poll here. How many of you are against spending any money uh, to help homeless folks? To deal with them, including the mentally ill, those who can't take care of themselves, that sort of thing. Virtually nobody, right? Here's our point. 
Make the expenditures successful. Make them hold the, the, the spenders of the dollars accountable for actually solving problems and have your policy reflect reality. Not what you're congratulated for saying there in your salons of power and your university campuses and among activists. Not policies that make you feel good. Policies that actually reflect reality. Did you do the math, Sean? Uh, Yeah, I got about 76,000 per. Yeah, so if you use the highest number that activists come up with, it's about $76,000 per homeless person. If you use the city's number, which is 8,000, so roughly half, so it'd be twice as much money, you're going to have about $150,000 per homeless person. Well, that's probably appropriate because, I mean, for instance, L.A. will uh, let you live in a wheelbarrow, but it costs $75,000 per wheelbarrow somehow in L.A. (laughs) Anyway, this is so interesting. It was published originally in the Denver Post. Mike Kaufman, who is the mayor of Aurora, Colorado, uh, describes that he and the mayor of Denver and the mayor of Lakewood, which are all uh, cheek bajowl there, uh, wanted to develop a metro-wide approach to the growing regional problem of homelessness. And he decided to go and be homeless for a few weeks, actually. He said, I'd never experienced life in an encampment or a shelter to better better understand the challenges and have more informed discussions about resolving them. (laughs) Imagine that. You'd never make it on the West Coast, you fool. So he decided to learn everything he could about it. He writes, during my experience, I presented myself as a homeless veteran. I am a veteran and stayed in one shelter in Aurora, two shelters in Denver and in an encampment in the vicinity of Lincoln and Spear in downtown Denver, a town that Jack was uh, banned from for life. as Yes, for urinating in a parking (laughs) lot. Well, you'd fit in these days. It's funny. You're just ahead of your time. Uh, To the credit of the shelters, writes the mayor, every time I went to a new one, I was asked if I wanted help from a menu of services ranging from mental health therapy to drug and alcohol counseling to job placement. I was impressed by the range of services offered to anyone wanting to improve their circumstances. In the shelters, I observed three categories of people experiencing homelessness. This is in the shelters now. The mentally ill, the chronically homeless suffering from drug and alcohol addictions, and those displaced by economic circumstances who were finding work and using the shelter as a temporary means to save enough money to get back on their feet. In the encampments, the experience was entirely different. Okay, so let's move on from the folks in the shelters who you almost never see, and let's move on to what we have coldly called bum and junkie camps. What was surprising to me about the shelter population and the encampment inhabitants was that I found them to be two very distinct groups that never intersected. Yeah, I know. I know. I've I've got a friend who's a homeless and has been for years off and on. And that's one thing he said about the the, the, people refer to homeless like we're all one thing. He said there's there's multiple crowds that never interact. The mayor writes, I never found a shelter person who had stayed in an encampment and an encampment inhabitant who had ever stayed in a shelter. The encampment inhabitants tended to be much younger than those in the shelters. Many of them reminded me of the countercultural hippie movement of the late 60s and 70s, where dropping out of society and living in a communal setting with the common denominator being drug use defined their movement. Only for that generation, it was largely marijuana and hallucinogenic drugs. For the encampment generation today, the drug use is much more serious with the dominant drug being crystal methamphetamine. It was common to see these young people shooting up or smoking meth in glass pipes. I'm sure there's uh, some fentanyl working its way there, too. Uh, uh, But back to the mayor's uh, 
uh, piece. The advocates for the encampments want us to believe that the reasons why the encampment inhabitants never access shelters are because they are afraid of the congregate living arrangements during a pandemic or are concerned about having their few possessions stolen or fear for their safety. Nothing could be further from the truth. In the shelters, I always felt safe, I was always required to wear a mask, and was constantly reminded about social distancing, and I never had anything stolen from me. In the encampments, I never felt safe, no one ever wore a mask or even concerned themselves with social distancing, and I had a number of items stolen. The real reason why the encampment inhabitants refuse to access the shelters is simple. The shelters have rules. One rule in particular keeps the encampment inhabitants out of the shelters, and that rule is that drugs and drug use are prohibited. I know that my observations about the encampments hit a raw nerve with many of the so-called advocates for people experiencing homelessness because they did not comport with their narrative that these individuals are there through circumstances beyond their control and that the encampment lifestyle is not a choice. I disagree. My observations about the encampments have reinvigorated an important debate because, here you go, we will never be able to solve the problem of the encampments if we cannot first accurately describe the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado can still handle reality. That's good. They haven't gone so blue yet that they're in unicorn land like certain other states. Good for you, Mike. Well done, sir. So if the people in the tent under the overpass look like junkies to you, that's because they're probably junkies. And I will continue to call them bum and junkie camps. They're not brave homeless people. They're junkies. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. A man with a guitar. Who is this singer-songwriter? Hello, everybody. This is an original well, okay. song I wrote long, not long ago. is not free. It's John Hinckley Jr. who almost killed Ronald Reagan in 1981. And won a court case to be able to make and put out music. For some reason that was cruel and unusual punishment to deny him his artistic talents of being a singer-songwriter. And so he released some songs on YouTube videos yesterday. Is he still in the clink? No, but he's not free either. He's, He's like monitored somehow. Well, you're crazy as can be. Oh yeah, that's good, Michael. Hey, but, yeah, that's that's plenty of that. Uh, was that the one? Where it was something about Jodie Foster. He was trying to impress. Yeah. Then the most interesting part of that story that most people haven't heard, so I'll do it quickly, is that he was he was on his way to abduct or who knows what with Jodie Foster because he was completely crazy. But he was on his way there. He was on the way to wherever she was going to college, Princeton or someplace northeast. Um, he's on his way there, and he stopped at a hotel. He comes out of the hotel in the morning and sees in the paper, hey, Ronald Reagan is going to be over there today. And he just goes over there and shoots the president. That's how planned out that was by a crazy person. Yikes. He was on his way to perhaps kill Jodie Foster. And it just, like, randomly occurred to him when he saw a newspaper in the newspaper machine that, oh, Ronald Reagan's going to be over there. Hmm. That would impress her if I shot him. Wow. Yeah, so, so for a guy that crazy... Do you deny him the right to play the guitar and sing? I mean, he's a freaking crazy person. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why. 
I don't even understand why the question is being asked. If he wants to record a mediocre ditty and inflict it on the world, what the heck do I care? Well, they weren't going to let him do it. And then he challenged that, and the courts decided, no, you, you can't stop him from doing that. Hmm. All right, well, n- nice song. Eh, not exactly an earworm. Oh, that reminds me, boy, Judy was mad at me yesterday. <laughs> She uh, she pointed out that there was a hole in what was it like a tablecloth or something? I said there's a hole in the cloth where the table shows somebody's making money, and she couldn't get it out of her head all day and blamed me because <laughs> I was to blame. <laughs> Boxing match of the century this weekend. Tell you about it in a second. Really? Hmm. Rough day in Iran the other day. Did you hear about this? It was actually yesterday. Their largest warship uh, uh, burned and sank, <laughs> and one of their biggest oil refineries also mysteriously caught fire and burnt to the ground. I must so, be I must be distracted by my personal life to not have put those two things together yesterday because I heard those stories separately and it didn't occur to me until you did it. Their biggest warship and their biggest oil refinery both burnt to the ground in the same day. A rough day. Uh, fire safety is clearly not a high enough priority in Iran. Zero chance. That's those are accidents. Well, in a totally unrelated story, the fires broke out as uh, Iran was reporting progress in talks aimed at resurrecting the international nuclear agreement, uh, which the Biden administration wants to restore. Israel, which regards Iran as a dangerous adversary, opposes such an accord, uh, contending it will not stop Iran from weaponizing nuclear fuel. But again, that is a totally unrelated story. Or, and in another unrelated story, Benjamin Netanyahu is about to be booted out of office, and he fears that the incoming administration will be too soft on Iran. Boy, so he wanted to go out with uh, you know one more hit to add to his greatest hits album. Allegedly. I have no information to confirm. This is idle speculation of a jackass. And yet, it's pretty clear. Their biggest warship caught fire and actually sank, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Davy Jones Locker, man. If I'm U.S. cybersecurity comms, every time one of these things happen, I make a press conference and say we can neither confirm nor deny that we had anything to do with this. Yeah, so I was listening to a podcast. That's exactly what Israel said, by the way. I don't know what you're talking about. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, they were they were talking with smart people about this cyber stuff in a, in a conversation that we've had many times. How good are we at this? Because other countries seem to be really good at it. How good are we at it? And uh, the conclusion by one of the smart people was, well, other countries, when we attack China, when we attack Iran, when we attack Russia, they don't they don't say anything about it because it'd be embarrassing. So we don't hear about our successes, whereas when they attack us, because we have a free press and everything like that, it, it gets amplified in the news. I hope that is very, very true. But I like Sean's deal of even if we didn't do it. Yeah, it could have been us. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Don't say anything. Uh, yeah, just come out. And I like coming out and saying, uh, sorry about your pipeline. We'd just like to uh, neither confirm nor deny that our uh, special ops force in the uh, <laughs> cyber world had anything to do with that. Right. Thank right. you for your time. Why so, wouldn't you want to do that? How, how do the Israelis have the capability to burn a warship down to the bottom of Be- the sea? Because we give them all our best stuff mm. and work hand in glove with them on a lot of these things. Yeah, but what are, what do they have like incendiary charges in the toilets or what? I mean, I, I I understand how you like bomb a ship or hit it with missiles or or send a bunch of commandos onto it. I don't know how you get it to spontaneously catch fire. I, I know nothing of ships or cyber attacks, but it, it, 
could you make something overheat to the point that all of a sudden now the ship catches fire? Well, I don't know anything about Iranian warships. It might be like Polish submarines. They might have screen doors on their submarines. I don't know. <laughs> but I got to believe that they're prepared to put out a fire. You're a warship. I mean, like all ships, even just passenger cruise liners, you're prepared to put out a big fire so that it doesn't get so bad sure. that you end up sinking to the bottom of the sea like this ship did. So it, ha- it couldn't have just been a run-of-the-mill fire. It had to be something extraordinary. Right, multi-point to- or in uh, somewhere you couldn't fight it. Yeah, exactly. Sean, here's all you need to know about boats. You got the front is called the bow, because that's where you bow to the captain when you come on. Oh, I the, back, that, yeah. the back is the stern, named after Howard Stern. <laughs> port is people, left. The left side's that, yeah. the port, because that's where you recharge your iPhone. You plug it into the port. <laughs> all the outlets are on that side of the, the boat. <laughs> yeah, the port side. And the right's called the starboard, and nobody knows why. So there you go. Boats. What are you going to do? Um... So I'm kind of excited about this boxing match. Could I get sucked into this? I don't know what it costs. Can you look up what the Mayweather versus Paul fight is going to cost? So one of the greatest fighters, maybe the greatest fighter who ever lived. Rand Paul? Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) The Apostle Paul. Is going to fight Logan Paul, one of your your YouTube sensations. Yeah, one of the uh, the Paul brothers. You got your Jake and your, your Logan. And Floyd Mayweather, who's 44 years old and has been retired, he came out of retirement briefly to beat up Conor McGregor a couple of years ago, and I paid a lot of money for that fight. Um, but at least that, at least he fought a little bit in that fight. I paid a lot of money for that other fight in which he never threw a punch the whole damn fight, and I want my money back. Was he the fellow who beat up the elderly Filipino man, or <laughs> yes, was that Roy yes. Jones Jr.? Yes. <laughs> that was yes. Mayweather. Yes. That was Mayweather. Mayweather, <laughs> huh, okay. Mayweather it, well, he might be the greatest fighter of all time, and he is 50-0 and 0 in his career with 27 knockouts, is the most boring fighter in the history of the world. So I don't care how good you are. You're boring, and this is supposed to be entertainment. Right. So congratulations right. on winning, but that was boring boring but anyway he's gonna fight a youtube sensation now he's 44 the youtube sensation this paul kid is only 26 uh his uh uh professional boxing win well he hasn't had a professional boxing match he's 0-1 in his uh amateur fights though what's his record in generating huge piles of cash (laughs) undefeated yeah floyd mayweather's decision to fight youtuber logan paul was an easy one floyd mayweather says I believe in working smarter, not harder. So if it's something easy like the Paul fight, a legalized bank robbery, in my opinion, I got to do it. I have to do it. <laughs> I appreciate the candor. He said, my nickname is money for a reason. I worked extremely hard for years and years to get to a certain level, a level where we can call anything I'm involved in an event. He's right. Boy, that's some really candid he, commentary. He just understands if I do it, it'll be enough of an event. It'll mm-hmm. generate a bunch of money and I will make a ton of money. Because he worked like a maniac for decades to be as great as he is. Yeah, good for him. It's I pay- get it. Well, he's also a wife-beating uh, scumbag. So I, Bad for yeah, him. I hate him. I always root against him. I hope Paul knocks him out. Um, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Mayweather may not throw many punches in regular fights. I think he's going to kill this young Paul person. He may kill him. I don't care if he's 44. How fast is he still? I don't know. Fast enough to kill Paul, I think. He, yeah, the, the the Paul brothers have never seen punches like this guy can throw. Oh, no. 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 It's it, I can't imagine what the... But so here are the rules that the the Boxing Commission came up with, and I don't understand all of them. No judges. No official winner. 
What? Uh, that's Just two a, guys punching each other in the head? It's an exhibition <laughs> that's to protect uh, Floyd's perfect record if he ah. does happen to lose. Ah. Okay. All right. I don't think there's a sing- Unless he has a heart attack in the ring. That's not going to happen. Knockouts are legal. Uh-oh. Uh, knockout is up to a ref's discretion. No headgear to be worn. 12-ounce gloves. Eight three-minute rounds. This young Paul fellow is going to get beaten silly. Really? You think? Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I hear he's been training hard. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to find some interest. He's in 0-1 in his one amateur fight, going up against maybe the greatest boxer of all time, who, while you know, 44 is not your prime, still plenty young enough to beat the crap out of you. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't know what you're doing. And Mayweather right. looks like, I mean, he's still ripped if you've ever seen him. Yeah. I, I, I'm tempted, dude. Do you have a price on that? 50 bucks. Nah, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks. You got to get together with some buds. I watched, I paid $100 for a, to watch him walk away from the elderly Filipino man who was hurt Who had one arm in a sling, <laughs> right. by the way. An elderly, crippled Filipino man. I paid 100 bucks to watch that alone, so I paid the full bill. And uh, that was not worth anything. Yikes. The Conor McGregor fight was pretty entertaining, actually, I thought. What was the date announced for this debacle? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Fantastic. How does it, I don't understand how it would last more than one round. I think Mayweather will walk out there fake with this hand and just knock the guy completely out and go back home. What is, keeping in mind the reprehensible nature of his private life, what is in his best interests to prolong it and make it more exciting and make the customers feel like they got their money's worth or walk up to him, punch him once in the face and have him crumple to the ground like a rag doll? He's I a, don't know, actually, on that on that question. He's a defensive tactician. Most likely, he's going to try to let Paul tire himself out by throwing punches that will not connect for a round or two, and then he'll start to and then hit him with the old thicket a thicket a thicket a thicket. Treat him like a speed bag <laughs> for a round and a half. From a strategy standpoint, I don't actually know the answer to your question because he has been so boring. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to spend it. If I thought he was going to knock Paul out, I, w- I might pay the fifty bucks. If he's going to do that whole. I'm really good at leaning back so you can't hit me. That is so freaking boring. That's the most boring boxing match I ever watched in my life. The no judges uh, takes away his ability to just outpoint each round. It seems like a finish will have to happen at some point. I think he would make more money in the future if he walks out there and and doesn't throw a single punch until he gets his opening, knocks him out cold. Wow. And then and then fights other weird weirdos on pay-per-view. And you just <laughs> some and TikToker. Yeah, and then fight other people that people don't like cuz a lot of people don't like the Paul brothers, the YouTube sensations, they're unliked. So fight other people that people who somebody fight OJ Simpson. Fight, uh... <laughs> wow. Damn. What's her name? The the woman that horrifying woman that killed her 2-year-old and got away with it. Anthony Casey, she got in a fight in a bar the other night. Uh, over her, ex, over her boyfriend Mayweather to fight Casey I'm, Anthony. I want Floyd Mayweather to knock her out. Um, uh, Scott Peterson, he can fight him. <laughs> Who else can he fight? There's a, a whole bunch of people. Can, can we have any non-wife beaters in this role so I can truly enjoy it? Somebody I can root for. Who's somebody that committed a bad white-collar crime hmm. that he could fight? Uh, the best one died a couple I don't of weeks ago. Don't, yeah. don't, don't bring your premise and make us supply your punchline. <laughs> you bring your punchline or stay at home. Yeah, no, what's his name with the uh, the pyramid scheme? The he Madoff. died. Madoff died, yeah, so that wouldn't work. dead. Yeah. There's got to be somebody out there. Who don't we like? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that'd be great. Fight Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I'd pay 50 bucks to watch you beat up that guy. <laughs> Jeez Louise. 
Get a little Roman emperor here, aren't we? <laughs> Why don't you go down to the local junkie camp and stage some bum fights? As long as you got the bloodlust. I don't going. know. It depends on what I got going on Sunday. I might drop fifty on this one. Wow. See how it turns out. Wow. Uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Do you think that uh, the perception about some of these states that have been really reticent to change uh, mask mandates and everything else, looking at those stats, are going to change in coming days? I sure hope so. Uh, I think the country badly needs uh, to return to normal. I think that, to my understanding at least, many of the most reticent states are moving in that direction. Yeah, they ought to be. Goodness sakes. What do we hear from uh, Scott Gottlieb, who is talking as, as often uh, he does on the cable news about uh, returns to normalcy, et cetera, on clip 68? Well, look, I don't know that we're going to declare it over. I think that this is a near-term victory, and we're going to have uh, very low prevalence around the country throughout the summer. Hopefully, we don't run into a problem where we have epidemics towards the end of the summer in some cities as people start to move indoors to get air conditioning. So I think the summer is going to be very low virus levels. I think it's going to feel like normal again. Yeah, I hope so. And then he goes on to say we could see a problem in in the late fall and maybe every year. It's just going to be around and we all have to get boosters and that sort of thing. But I think most of us have come to terms with that. I have come to believe that Anthony Fauci, and I have not been an anti-Fauciist, I believe that Anthony Fauci was part of a community of scientists who were conducting experiments on bat viruses and uh, gain-of-function research, maybe with the best of intentions, and uh, and the lab in Wuhan leaked the virus, and they were all covering each other's asses. I, I think that is part of the reason for his lack of enthusiasm for the lab leak investigation. Uh, Alex Berenson was talking about this on Tucker last night. Uh, and, I you know, honestly, I've thought Tucker's been a little over the top on some of this stuff, but... Um, uh, there's a, there's a, now a chain of emails that came to light, BuzzFeed of all people, through a Freedom of Information Act, in which uh, Fauci was com- was uh, communicating with a bunch of people involved in bat virus research and gain of function research, and, and as stories would get published, he'd say, "Urgent, urgent! You need to look at this. We need to react to that." It's really kind of odd. Uh, give us clip sixty three. This is Alex Berenson. I, I think it's really important to think back to January 31st, 2020, and February 1st and 2nd, 2020. The reports coming out of China were horrifying. There was fear that the infection fatality rate, that the number of people who died from this, was going to be three or four percent. And if you, and that meant that if the Chinese couldn't contain this virus and it spread worldwide, it might be 10 million Americans who died. Okay, three yes. percent of the country's population is 10 million. So if you're Tony Fauci. You know this better than anybody. You know what the risk is here. You know it first. You're hearing from, you know, from doctors. You're hearing from people in China. And so the idea that this might have come out of a lab in China that you helped finance, even minimally, and that experiments that you supported, even if it wasn't a specific experiment that you supported, but the idea of -of gain-of-function research that you supported was possibly responsible for this, that you're going to be tarred and feathered. And you would react with panic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. It seems to me that if you'd make the argument, like I didn't know this until the other day, until Doctor Gottlieb was talking about it. But 
Lab leaks happen all the time around the world, including in the United States. It's a fairly common thing. The last six, I think he said, SARS viruses leaked out of labs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a common thing. So I don't, I don't necessarily know that you'd be tar and feathered for that once but, the uh, people became aware that this happens now and then. But all the powers that be scream, no, 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 that's not what happened. It couldn't have happened. It, it wasn't at all. Go, go ahead with 64. So here's what I'll say. There's still a tremendous amount we don't know. About, That's right. First of all, we don't know, we don't have proof that this came out of the Wuhan lab yet, okay? And we may never have proof, because the people who should have been pushing for an investigation in 2020 instead steered us in a completely different direction and made it impossible for anybody but you and me and a few other, you know, lost souls to question whether or not this might have been a lab leak after all. And we were called racist and anti-Chinese for even doing so, when the idea that somehow this might have been the result of Chinese people eating bats and pangolins is not racist, but the idea it's Chinese scientists making a mistake is racist is a joke. All I'm saying is something explains that behavior. Yeah, and it wasn't entirely that Donald Trump suggested it was a lab leak, although that was at least a substantial amount of it. Yeah, I hope we get to the bottom of it someday. Yeah. By the way, maybe we'll go into more detail on this, but uh, the sheriff in L.A. County, um has just uh, given a little conference saying homicides are up 95% this year. We're, we're early in the year. Wow. Homicides are up 95% this year, and the department is going to start issuing more concealed carry permits. Wow, how is, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, next hour, the vaunted fourth hour, a little follow-up on the homeless mayor story that was so compelling. Join us or get it via podcast. Armstrong and Getty.